Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I am bringing you today's word for September 12th, 2022. I'm excited about this message this morning. Uh, it reminded me, it took me all the way back. Uh, so I, I'm going to give you the title of today's message, and I'm going to tell you why it, it took me back, and then we're going to get into this word. And so um, I'm teaching a series entitled God's Grace in Our Faith. And so everything God does for us, he does by grace. Grace is unearned, unmerited, undeserved. Everything that we do in response to God's grace, we're supposed to do it by faith. So God blesses us by grace, and then we access God's grace with our faith, right? So uh, you can put this in the chat if you want. It's by faith that it might be by grace. So it's by your faith. It's by faith that it might be by grace. That's how Paul explained it. It's by faith, I live by faith, that it might be by the grace of God. So I'm living by faith so that my life can be a testimony of God's grace. So it's by faith that it might be by grace. So everything that I do, I do it empowered by the grace of God, but I must do it by my faith, the faith of man. So the faith of man taps into the grace of God. And as I live this way, as I get this understanding that God gives me everything free and unearned, but then I have to go get it and I have to release my faith for it, it's by faith that it might be by grace, then I'm I'm learning how to walk with God and God walk with me. So this is God's grace and our faith part 81. And it's already done. Within the series, I have a series inside of the series where I'm teaching you that the things of God are already done. So what you're seeking to do is experience to do what's what's already done in the spirit. And so you're, you're actually seeking the manifestation of what God has already provided, right? And so the series within the series is already done. This is part 19. And then the title of today's message is The High Cost of a Free Gift. And I'm gonna tell you where this came from. The High Cost of a free gift. Salvation is free. Uh, what God planned for you from the foundations of the world, that's free. But there's a high cost to this free gift. God has never required any less than all of us. Let me say that again. God has never required any less than all of us. God wants it all. God wants 100% of you. Either he is Lord of all or he is not Lord at all. I'm going to tell you this quick story and then uh, we'll get into the message. So listen, I remember years ago, I preached a message. This was probably 98, something like that, around 1998, 1999. I preached a message uh, entitled, When Loving You Is Killing Me. When Loving You Is Killing Me. My point was that I'm, you know, I, I was raised one way, this Dominican kid from Brooklyn. And, and the more I, I learned to love God, the more that person that I was was dying. And so the message was called, when loving you is killing me from Galatians 2 and 20. It was powerful. It was powerful at the time. Loving you, God, is literally killing me. I must die in order to live. There's a high cost associated with this free gift. The, the gift is free, but if I want to receive the gift, it's going to cost me everything. Put this in the chat. I am willing to give up everything for Jesus. I'm willing to give up who I was. I'm willing to give up what I was connected to. I'm willing to give up what how people knew me. Uh, there is a high cost associated with this free gift. I'm going to talk about it today. You must pick up your cross daily and follow him. Get ready. Oh man, this is going to be good to receive the word.
Yeah, so you must be willing to give up everything for Jesus. And I, I don't mean just lip service. I mean, I'm talking about for real, for real. So we're going to talk about that today. So uh, John 1 and 14, John 1 and 17 are our foundational scriptures. This is what the Bible says. Excuse me. The word, John 1 and 14, the word became flesh. He, the word, Jesus, dwelt among us. We were able to behold his glory. It is the glory of the only begotten of the Father who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. In John 1 and 17, the Bible says the law was given by Moses. But grace and truth came through the Lord Jesus Christ. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, the Bible says, Hey, listen, I'm Simon Peter. I'm a servant. I'm an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm writing to them who have obtained the like precious faith, the same faith that Jesus had that I have, the same faith, like precious faith, through the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. He says, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord, according as his divine power has already given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him. So all of this comes through the knowledge of him, right? And so as we get this knowledge of him, we get an understanding of what he's already given us. And he's called us to glory and virtue, whereby God has given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that through these promises, we might be a partaker of his divine nature. And then we can escape the corruption that is in this world through lust. So there's there's some corruption that's in, in, in this world. And we can escape the corruption that is in this world through lust as we come into the knowledge of him, as we become partakers of his divine nature, as we get to walk in the divine assignment that God has called us from the foundations of the world. So, so in we've been looking at this passage for weeks, 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, and I like to teach by both precept and example. So let me talk about Peter and Paul today. Uh, and I already mentioned my own little personal testimony about when loving you is killing me, right? But let's talk about Peter and Paul. When Jesus was looking for disciples. Um, he didn't pick like you would assume the best of the best, right? When he was picking people to be on his team, direct his direct reports, right? People on his team, he didn't look for the most educated, the most affluent, uh, the most influential men of his day. He did not. He picked simple, ordinary, hardworking, industrious men. Somebody called them the dirty dozen, right? I mean, like, like he just picked ordinary guys. Like he picked ordinary men, hardworking men, honest men. And these men, they changed the world. They didn't do it by their power, their ability, their strength, their charisma. They did it by the grace of God, by the empowering presence of the grace of God. God is in the business of making champions out of nobodies. God can pick anybody and use them to change everybody everywhere. Why? Because it's his grace. And so they came into the knowledge of God, right? This is 2 Peter chapter 1. How did, they, how did those 12 guys change the world? 11 of them anyway. They did it by coming into the knowledge of God and then coming into God's knowledge of them. Let me say that again. First of all, they came into the knowledge of God. And then they came into God's knowledge of them. Oh, glory to God. So say that. Say this out loud. I must come into the knowledge of God. And then I must come into God's knowledge of me. And right. So that's how it is. So I'm getting, I get to know God. And then by getting to know God, I get to know myself. I discover God. And by discovering God, I discover myself. I come into the knowledge of God. And then I come into God's knowledge of me. And so when I come into the knowledge of God, and then I come into God's knowledge of me, now I can become the man or the woman that God has called me to be from the foundations of the world. I like Peter and Paul. These are two great examples. I'm going to talk about them today. So what does this mean for you today, coming into the knowledge of God and then coming into God's knowledge of you? I have a few things to share with you. I think three things this morning. Let me get into these things, and I believe they're going to be a blessing to you. You ready? This is where I need you to rid your heart and mind of all distractions, and here we go. Number one, you must discover your purpose. Now, this is something I've taught you like... <laughs> 
a hundred ways, like a bunch of different ways. And I keep attacking this point from different perspectives. But my point is your purpose cannot be decided because God decided before the world began, your purpose must be discovered. But let me just use Peter and Paul as an example, right? So you must discover your purpose. In Jesus's day, the, the fishing industry, it produced rough and rugged men, right? And Jesus calls several of these men into the ministry to be with him. And one of them, his name was Simon, Simon, Simon the fisherman. Simon the fisherman, he was not polished. He was not educated. Uh, you know, uh, he was one of those guys where he was always speaking out of turn. Uh, he was the one that was always questioning Jesus. He was the guy that said, oh, Jesus, you know, I would never, like, you know, I would never deny you, Jesus. And then he wound up denying him and repenting before a little girl. Like, he was he was the one guy out of 12 guys that, that got out of the boat. You know, he was he was always that guy. He was the guy that cut Malchus's ear off, and Jesus looked at him like, what is wrong with you, dude? And pick up the ear and put the ear back on the guy's head, you know? He was that guy, right? He was, he was, he was, he was, he was unsophisticated. He was not refined. He was not educated. He was not sophisticated. He didn't have, you know, uh, uh, that, that type of swagger, charisma. He was just a dude, you know, he was a, a hardworking dude, but his destiny was in him. And while he was living as Simon, the fisherman, Peter, the apostle was in there. Remember, I told you that your future is not ahead of you. Your future is inside of you. So while he was living as Peter, the apostle, I mean, as uh, Simon, the fisherman, there was an apostle, the apostle Peter was inside of him. And so, so he had this future lying dormant inside of him. And when he came into the knowledge of God, he came into God's knowledge of him. And then when he came into the knowledge of Jesus, Jesus said, well, now you are Peter. So, so this revelation of who he was changed him. And then it, it wound up changing the world. Let me talk about the apostle Paul, the apostle Paul, different story, say different story. So the apostle Paul, different story. So while while Peter was not like educated or polished, or he didn't know, like he didn't know protocol or any of that. The apostle Paul was the opposite. The apostle Paul was born with dual citizenship. He was both a, Ro a Roman and a Jew, right? So he had two passports. So now, so the apostle Paul was selected by the Jewish religious elite. Uh, you know, he was groomed. Uh, he, they saw this as a benefit. They saw something, they saw potential in this young man. He was, he was mentored by the greatest teacher of the law of his day. Uh, that was Gamaliel. So he was groomed to be a Pharisee of the Pharisees. I mean, he had relationships with the Sanhedrin council. You know what I'm saying? He had connections. He had the education, right? Right. So, so he was like, man, Saul of Tarsus was, was so much vetted, was so well-respected within the Jewish religious elite that Saul of Tarsus was selected by the Jewish religious elite to lead the movement against Jesus, to lead the movement against Christianity, right? And so he was the one that was persecuting Christians. He was the one that was sanctioned, that was, that was authorized to have Christians imprisoned, uh, to have Christians burnt alive, to have Christians. So he was the one. He was running around terrorizing the church of God. And while he was doing that as Saul of Tarsus, at the same time, the apostle Paul was inside of him. He was walking around as Saul of Tarsus, fighting against Christianity. And at the same time, the apostle Paul 
was inside of him. His destiny was inside of him. So I'm going to talk more about this. Your name may not be Peter. Your name may, may not be Paul, but you were born with a divine purpose and your job is to find it, follow it, and finish it before you die. Your purpose is inside of you, not ahead of you. Say amen to that. You got it? All right, number two, deploying into your purpose will require you to get out of your comfort zone. So, so you can't be comfortable and purposeful at the same time. Put that in the chat. Say, I, I can't be both comfortable and purposeful. If I'm going to be purposeful as a believer, if I'm going to do what God has called me to do from the foundations of the world, then, then I, I have to be willing to get out of my comfort zone. I can't choose comfort over purpose. I, put this in the chat. I choose purpose over comfort. And so I, I, I'm, I'm choosing calling over comfort. And so my calling is more important to me than my comfort. And so, so the apostle Peter had to be willing to do stuff he was not comfortable doing. He was a fisherman, man. And he was called to, to basically be the leader of the New Testament church. The apostle Paul, he was groomed to be one thing and then God called him to be something else. Oh my God. And so you must be willing to put your calling over your comfort. And so as a believer, you can't be comfortable and purposeful at the same time. Simon, the fisherman, had to die to his identity as a fisherman in order to become an apostle. Now, he was... He, he made a lot of mistakes. He, he flew off the handle. He said things he was not supposed to say, uh, but he accepted his call. He accepted his new assignment. He accepted his new reality. He accepted his new life, and he led the New Testament church. The apostle Paul led the church, and he was a fisherman. Look at that. Look at God, right? And so Paul did the same thing, but Paul was different. God called Paul to reach people that he had normally no dealings with. Think about this for a minute. He was a Pharisee of the Pharisees, so he had no dealings with the Gentiles. I mean, because he was he was he had relationships with the Sanhedrin, so he had no dealings with the Gentiles. Oh my God! It's like he 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 looked at the Gentiles as beneath him. He was a Jew. He was a Pharisee. You know what I'm saying? I mean, so he was at this level, and so he connected with the Sadducees. He didn't connect with the with the Samaritans. No way. And so God called this man. The man that was trained in the Levitical law, the man that was steeped in the law, the man that understood the Levitical law more than most people. He And God called that man to go preach to people that didn't know anything about the law. God called that. First of all, he didn't like those people. Second of all, he was dealing with people that he was not prepared to deal with because all his life he was training for something else. So God called the man. Look at this. Look at God. God called the man with no Jewish education to reach the most educated in the Jewish law, that was Simon the fisherman, the apostle Peter, no education. He was called to go talk to the educated people in the law. He didn't know anything about that. He just had to preach Jesus. He had to rely on the grace of God. And then God took the man that was the most educated of his day in the law. And you would think, oh man, so that would be good. Let's use him. No, no, no. God says, now I want you to go talk to people that know nothing about the stuff you know about because I don't want you to rely on you. I don't want you to rely on your power, your ability, your strength. Listen, I'm telling you, God sends us into stuff. You can, it has to be beyond your comfort zone. If you only want to do the things that you know how to do, if you only want to do the things that you're comfortable doing, if you only want to do the things that you think that you have the education for and the preparation for and the experience for, I'll just, God can use me doing this. Okay, cool. He can but he can also use you doing something else. And when he calls you to do something else that you know nothing about, 
It forces you to rely on him. You're out there like, oh my God, I don't know what I'm doing. God, please, I need you to, I need you to tell me. I need you to give me the words. I need you to perform. The, I don't know what I'm doing out here. That's when God can use you in a mighty way because you're, you're not in the way. So when you feel the most comfortable doing what you want to do, oftentimes here's the problem with that. When you feel the most comfortable and you're doing what you want to do, too many times you get in the way. Too many times you do that with your power and your ability and your strength. But when you're out there doing things that you don't know what the heck you're doing, that at that point, oh, glory to God, God calls you into realms that 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 you don't that you're not comfortable with. So that calls you calls you into realms that you have to rely on God. That you're out there, God, like, oh my God, if you don't show up, I don't know what's gonna happen. You know, oh glory to God. That's that's where God is glorified. God will see. God will call you into realms that exceed your education and experience. He will cause you to pursue. Uh, uh, deals that you don't have the money for. God will, will cause you to walk into rooms that nobody in that room looks like you. <laughs> nobody in that room is where you're from. And you walk into that room and you're looking around and they looking at you crazy and you're looking at them crazy. And you walk into that room and you know what? And you're like, you know, wait a minute for a minute. God called me into this place. And God is on me, in me, with me, and for me. God loves it when you walk into a situation and your total reliance is on him. God loves it when you walk into that room and you're like, God, I don't know what I'm doing here. But I tell you one thing. I, 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 I'm going to do what you call me to do. God, please don't let me look stupid. Give me the words. You perform the work. I've been there so many times. I've been, I can't tell you how many times I've been in, I've been in that situation, but it, it forces you to rely on him. Trust in him. Believe in him. Look unto him. He is the author and the finisher of your faith. God loves it when you are relying on his finished work. When you walk into that room and you're like, God, you know what? This is, I have to, I believe that it's already done. You're showing me, I don't know what I'm doing in here. Just, just to be clear, God, I don't know what I'm doing, but, but I'm here because you want me to be here. And so I'm going to rely on you. I'm going to trust in you. I'm going to believe in you. I'm going to call upon you. I just need you to do something for me. I need you to tell me what I'm doing. I need you. And then watch this. And then you open up your mouth and you wind up saying some stuff and everybody in the room, I can't tell you how many times everybody in the room is like, excuse me, do you have a card? Do you have a car? Can I get your? Yeah, oh, oh, I need to follow up with you. Oh my God, who are you? Where are you from? What's your name? Oh my, can I get your number? Can I get your email? What's your? What is the grace of God? Is the? I'm telling you, I've been there so many times. All right, number three, <laughs> godly success is not a matter of more trying. It's a matter of more dying. It will cost you everything. I'm telling you, it's a high cost of this free gift. If you die, you can live. If you die, you can become the man, the woman that God called you to be. If you don't want to die then you're not going to live. Jesus said, if you want to become my disciple, you have to be willing to give up the cost, pay the price for, for becoming my disciple. He says, pick up your cross daily, follow me. One translation says, if you want to be my disciple, you want to be my follower, you got to stop thinking about what you want. You got to stop being comfortable. You got to go out there and be willing to do whatever it is that God has called you to do from the foundations of the world. A fisherman had to go preach to the Jews and a Jewish person that was trained there had to go preach to the Gentiles and God will use you like that. Once you discover who you are, success is not a matter of more trying, earn everything by the sweat of your brow. No, success is a matter of more dying. Where, where, you, where you're like, oh God, you're like, God, Sometimes I only want to do what this thing I'm doing. God, I know this is not me. I, 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 I didn't want to do this. I, I, I didn't go down this road. This is not something I asked for. I was good. I was minding my own business when you told me to do this. This is not something I wanted to do. This is not something I came up with. So I'm doing this because you want me to do it. And God, sometimes, I, honestly, I don't know what I'm doing. But, but somehow, 
Some way, everybody thinks I'm good at it. Somehow, some way, you keep blessing the work of my hands. Oh my God. You're talking about the imposter syndrome that the world talks about this imposter? No, no. As a believer, that's real stuff, man. You're like, oh my God, what am I doing here? And God keeps blessing it. And God keeps breathing on it. And God keeps opening doors that don't make you close. And God keeps closing doors that don't make it open. So my question is, are you willing to die in order to live? You can't, your life can't be about you. Your life needs to be about him. Remember the message I told you, I preached earlier. When loving you is killing me, loving God is killing you. You're like, man, God, stop. You keep asking me to do stuff I don't want to do. And now I'm out here doing it and I'm doing it. And it, and it keep, and I don't even know what I'm doing, but it's blessed. I don't even know what I'm doing. And I'm doing better than other people that went to school for this thing. Come on now. I, I don't even know what I'm doing. And, and, and then when, when people look at my business or my position or my performance, I'm doing better than the people that went to school for this. And I don't even know what I'm doing. <laughs> it's the grace of God. I'm telling you, this is the grace life. It's how we're supposed to live. Imagine what Paul had to endure. Let's just talk about Paul for a minute. Imagine what Paul had to do. Paul was raised. To, he was groomed to be a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He was trained. He studied under Gamaliel. His parents sent him to school to be you know, to go do this thing. And, and for years, everybody invested in him to go do this thing. And so he's becoming, he's evolving he's, to go do this thing. And then all of a sudden, God calls him to do something else, not just something else, but something that is diametrically opposed to everything that he has spent his life investing into. He, he had invested all his life in this direction. And God says, now I'm calling you in the 100% opposite direction, 180 degrees difference. I'm, you know, people criticize what they do not understand. Can you imagine? I mean, I got criticized when I got born again and I told people that they were going to hell and I told people I had given my life to Jesus. I got criticized by my own family. I got criticized by the people that were closest to me and it, it, people criticize what they do not understand. And, it, it, and I had to be willing to endure that in order to become the man that God called me to be. But imagine Paul. Everybody, his family, his friends, his connections, his mentors, they all told him he was crazy. I mean, they all told him, what, what are you doing? And Paul was willing to give it up. I'm going to close today's message by reading to you what the Apostle Paul said in his own words. This is Philippians chapter 3, verses 2 through 11 from the message translation. The Bible says, Paul said, steer clear of the barking dogs, those religious busybodies. All they do is they bark and they have no bite. All they're interested in is appearances. They are knife-happy circumcisers. That's what I call them. The real believers are the ones who are led by God's Spirit. And God's Spirit leads them to work away from this ministry. They are filling the air with Christ's praise as they do it. Now, we couldn't carry off what we're doing by our own efforts, and we know it. He was saying, we can't do it on our own, and we know we can't do it on our own, and that's okay. Even though we can list what many think are impressive credentials. He was like, you know what? I have a lot of credentials, but none of that matters anymore. You know my pedigree, Paul says. Come on now. Don't, don't, don't be tripping. You know who I am. I, I, I have a legitimate birth. I was circumcised on the eighth day. I am an Israelite from the tribe of Benjamin. I was a strict and devout adherent of the law of God. I was a fiery defender of the purity of my religion as a Jew, 
even to the point where I was persecuting the church of God, the church of Jesus Christ. I was a meticulous observer of everything that was written down in the law of Moses, everything. The very credentials that these people are walking around with as something special, I'm tearing them up now and I'm throwing them away like trash along with everything else that I used to take credit for. Why? Because of Jesus. Yes, all the things that I thought were so important to me, they're gone from my life. Compared to the high privilege of knowing Jesus as my master firsthand, everything that I thought that I had going for me, I realize now all of that stuff is insignificant. It's like dog dung. I've dumped it all into the trash. Why? So that I can embrace Jesus and be embraced by him. I didn't want some petty or inferior brand of righteousness that comes from keeping a bunch of laws and a bunch of rules that I could get. But no, I wanted God's righteousness. I gave up all of that inferior stuff so that I could know Jesus personally and experience his resurrection partner a power and be a partner in his sufferings and go all the way with him, even if it means death itself. If there was a way, any way for me to get in on the resurrection of the dead, then I wanted to do it. He said, man, I'm willing to give up everything. There's a high cost to this free gift. You must die in order to live. He says, all my credentials, all my, my awards, all the things I earn, all the things that people acknowledge me for, all the accolades, all the titles, none of that. I ripped it all up and I threw it away. I just wanted to know Jesus Christ and him crucified. He said, man, I, was, I wanted to know him in the power of his resurrection. And even if that meant that I had to know him in the fellowship of his sufferings. So I was willing to give up everything for Jesus. Are you? Are you? Are you willing to pay the high cost of this free gift? Are you willing to, to pick up your cross daily and follow him? This is not, yeah, yeah, I can get you excited. I could teach you some stuff. You can high five your neighbor, but this is real stuff now. Are you willing to die in order to live? I was criticized by people that I love. And it took a long time for those people to understand me. People are going to criticize what they don't understand. You must be willing to die in order to live. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I know people don't like to talk about, about this stuff anymore. Like, you know, like they just, oh, Rick, just tell me good stuff. No, this is good stuff. You, you must die to live. This is good stuff. You must pick up your cross daily and follow him. Lift up your voice and say this. Say, Father, I thank you for teaching me about your grace and my requirement to live by faith. I'm finally at the point where my life is all about you. I believe what you believe about me. I discovered you. And in so doing, I discovered myself. I know who I am. I know what I'm called to do. And I also know that this free gift will cost me my old life. I am willing to die in order to live. I'm willing to give up anything and everyone that does not line up with my divine assignment. I just want to know you, Father. I want to know you in the power of your resurrection. Even if it means I have to know you in the fellowship of your sufferings. 
like the Apostle Paul, I declare that I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. Therefore, I declare humbly greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word. So please apply it and prosper. You will prosper if you apply this word. If you die to self, if you yield to God, if you're willing to give up everything for him, if you're willing to live the life, even at the risk of looking foolish, the life that God calls you to live from the foundations of the world, it will cost you everything. It, it will cost you. There is a high cost to this free gift. But if you accept it, you will live an amazing life. I love you. God loves you more. Uh, listen, if you're not getting my notes, you should want my notes. You get them for free. Go to todaysword.org. Click on the big red subscribe button. Put in your email address. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Um, also, if um, this message was a blessing to you, leave me some comments in the chat and then share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline and with your friends. I love you and God loves you more. Have an amazing day. I'll see you tomorrow morning. God bless you enjoyed this content and you would like to learn more about our ministry or you would like to partner with our ministry, please visit ripministries.org. You will learn there what we're doing in the Caribbean, providing a Christ-based education to Haitian children in the Dominican Republic. We also provide them a hot meal every day. If you would like to partner with us, click on the donate button. All the donations are tax deductible in the United States. If you don't have my book, Level Up Your Life, go to rickpina.co and get the book today. From rickpina.co, you'll also see that I have journals and I also have some other products and apparel and etc. all centered around the grace life. And then lastly, if you enjoy this content, but you want direct access to Isabella and I, the Lord impressed it upon my heart for Isabella and I to start mentoring people, giving people access to us to be able to ask us questions. We're answering questions about ministry, about missions, nonprofit, for-profit, I'm addressing things uh, as far as how I preach, our approach to preaching. We're putting out private content just for a specific group in the Patreon. So please visit patreon.com forward slash Rick Pina if you're interested in this material. Have an amazing day.